0: TII item 282, September 10th, 2013. iPhone 5C and 5S announced.
1: Welcome to Today in iPhone.
2: Yeah, I like it a lot. Today the
3: iPhone. Hey, golly! Oh yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I
4: am.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII for your free audiobook download. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music here in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. I made this song on my iPhone 4S using GarageBand connected to Audiobus and Sample Tank." Listeners of TII can follow me at JeffJ6 on Twitter for free music I write and create using iOS on a weekly basis. Regards, Jeffrey J. Well, thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And, folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Rob for sending in the artwork for today's show. Rob wrote Hi, Rob. I created this artwork with the app Drawing Box. Regards, Rob S. Rob, thanks again for sending in this artwork. And you can see Rob's artwork in the TI app in the extras for episode 282. Or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash Today in iOS. If you have any artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. And please make sure to include which app or apps used to create said artwork and or music in this segment of how wrong were they we have the following quote quote all of a sudden every teenage girl has an iphone the real danger is that apple becomes so mainstream that there is a breakaway by consumers to something new Unquote. t michael walkley analyst canaccord genuity 26th february 2012. well timo when every teenage girl has a gadget they use to communicate with, it really just means every teenage boy needs to get one too. I mean, sure, some teenage boys can buck the trend and get an Android phone, which I'm sure they can then use at their next D&D meeting after school to track the level of their paladin, hoping to get to level 30 so they can smite evil. Just saying. And now to the promo giveaway segment. This week we have promo codes for the TII app. I figure there are some new listeners this week, and for those not familiar with the TII app, is the best way to consume this show. Plus, you also get push messages when a new episode goes live and when there's breaking news, like today, September 10th, when there was a new device or devices announced. Additionally, there are buttons that allow you to easily call into the show or email the show, and a link that lists all the articles and apps and that are mentioned in the episode, the link list, and the extras. Plus, you can get the artwork for today's show saved right into your photo album. The TII app allows for downloading of episodes into the app so you can listen to them later on when you're in airplane mode and don't want to chew up your cellular minutes. Again, if you would like a chance for a free copy of the TII app, just email me at todayinios at gmail.com and put TII app, two words, in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you're an app dev, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away simply email me at today in ios at gmail.com and please include a 60 second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Also when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Before we get into coverage of the September 10th event, I want to go over the new news since the last episode, which is not much since it was just the 7th for the last episode, and I want to go over some listener feedback. Now with regards to the September 10th event, and then We will get into all that Apple announced and did not announce and follow that with feedback about the September 10th event. And for new listeners, I want to welcome you to the show and invite you to contribute some feedback, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can record and send in your feedback to todayinios at gmail.com. You can also send in text-based email questions but then, you know, you're kind of making me work by having to read your email and usually mispronounce the name of the town you're from and your name. But really, however you want to send in feedback, it is all greatly appreciated. Just that, you know, voicemail messages are slightly more greatly appreciated. For the news, thanks to Tash for the heads up for this first item, which is about iOS apps that need updating, as in the iLife app, iPhone, iMovie, and GarageBand. If you use any of these on your iOS device, you will want to upgrade. Actually, I would recommend you keep up on all your updates as there will be many, many different updates updating now that iOS 7 is right around the corner. From now and until iOS 7 comes out, I would suggest once a day when you are on Wi-Fi to check for updates and perform said updates. And that leads us to what to do when iOS 7 is released. First, make sure you back up your iOS device to your computer or iCloud. If you're backing up to your computer, also back up your computer. If you're on a Mac, fire up Time Machine and do a backup. Never hurts to be overly safe on these things. Okay, assuming you have backed up your iOS device to your computer and your computer to some other device or service, now you can get your iOS device ready to update. Step 2 would be force quit out of every open app. Step three, go to the Settings app, then General, then Reset, then Reset Network Settings. This will do a full reboot of your iOS device. Once it comes back on, go to Wi-Fi and reselect your Wi-Fi hotspot and re-enter the password if needed. Step four, do the update. When you do an update like this with all the apps shut down, maybe it's just my imagination, but it does really seem like the updates go better. I know in the past when others have had issues, I did not. So again, follow those steps before updating to iOS 7. Next episode, we'll talk a little bit more about iOS 7 and go over those steps again. Please note, if you are jailbroken and want to keep the jailbreak, do not upgrade or try to upgrade to iOS 7. You'll need to wait. And if you're jailbroken and thinking of selling your device, Don't upgrade to iOS 7. Sell it jailbroken at iOS 6. Let the person that buys it decide what they want to do. But you're going to get better value for it if it's jailbroken when you sell it. Switching gears, here's a piece that likely slipped under a lot of radars. It is about a new app for iOS released by Microsoft. It is the Xbox Music app. This is a paid music subscription service similar to Spotify. Say that five times fast. So, for those of you that were hoping Apple would release a Spotify clone, but instead got iTunes Radio, and just don't like the lack of specific song control and don't want to go with Spotify, now you have the option of Xbox Music. One downside for Xbox Music versus Spotify is currently there is no offline mode for Xbox Music like there is with Spotify. That is at least not for now as it seems that feature will be added in the future, according to Microsoft. But for now, understand that you have to be connected, and the music's going to stream, and you're not going to be able to get it in offline mode.
2: Jonathan of formfilmcast.com with a couple ideas for Fred and Raleigh. Fred wanted to view a slideshow prepared on a computer using his Apple TV. My number one choice would be to simply play the slideshow on a Mac if he's using a Mac, with reason operating system and just use airplay to see the slideshow that way another option more complicated would be to export the slideshow as quicktime movie move the quicktime movie to the itunes library and then you would have access on your apple tv hope it helps there's probably a better solution good luck
1: hi, Rob. this is uh... Chris from Santa Barbara called me to help out a guy who was trying to present some photos in the order that he wanted, but he said that they were getting all messed up due to the Apple's date and time issues. One of the best ways that I can think of offhand would be just to um, make up a a new album on his iPhone or iPad or whatever he's got, copy all the pictures to the album, and then simply airplay or mirror his device to his Apple TV. And if you want to get even more fancy, just use the iMovie app and simply add all of his pictures to that, and then he can just airplay his, his iMovie app, which which would be even better. But um, I just thought that I, – I don't know if he thought of that already, but I just wanted to help out with that. Okay. As usual, love the show, Rob. You have a great day. Bye.
0: Yeah, I still think that the best thing to do here, at least what I would do, is use Keynote and put the pictures in a Keynote presentation in the order I want and then set it up and export that keynote presentation as an MOV file. And you can set the different slides to have different amounts of time that you want each slide to show. So again, to me, the way I would do it is keynote and then export as an MOV file and then play the MOV file as my slideshow. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. On episode 281, a caller asked how to avoid tolls in Apple's Maps. Apple's Maps does tell you when a route has tolls, but does not always provide alternatives without tolls, and neither does Google Maps. Waze does. For instance, I live next to the end of a bridge across the San Francisco Bay, and when I select a location on the other side and my home uh, and tap route, It shows me two short routes going over the bridge, clearly marked toll, and an alternative route going 50 miles around the bay in case I have more gas than cash. I probably don't need to remind you that Waze is free and very popular app with four and a half stars and over 4,000 reviews in the App Store, which has been providing turn-by-turn directions longer than Apple or Google. Regards, John H. John, thanks for the feedback.
2: Jonathan here, formfilmcast.com. I have some comments about generating stop motion animation using iMovie for iOS. I think the first choice would be to use some software specifically designed for that purpose. I've used one, it was a while ago. It's called iTimelapse. iMovie is designed for a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. The photographs do not have that aspect ratio typically, so you will always be cropping some portion of the image. If you really want to try using iMovie for that purpose, then what you can try is tapping on the image in the timeline, pinching to zoom out. Then you'll have dots on either side of the image, one for the beginning of the display and one for the ending. So you tap on the beginning, you pinch out, and then I suggest either raising the photo up or pushing the photo down because you have to decide which portion of the image you're going to crop. So if you decide you're going to push up, Then I would push up on all the images so you get the same cropping on all the images and hopefully the images would line up. So you crop for the beginning of the image display, crop for the ending, and do that for all the images. You have to pinch to zoom out. Again, I think it's better to use a dedicated uh, app. I think there's some new ones. Check it out.
0: Hi, Rob. A caller on your latest podcast mentioned the speaker on their iPhone 4S had died I too have a 4S, and about a month ago, my speaker started sounding distorted and then quit. About a week later, it began to play again, quiet and distorted. A few hours later, it then quit once more. I took it to a local repair shop, and they fixed the issue and said that they haven't really seen any speakers die on them before. Just wanted to let you know she isn't the only person to have this issue. Regards, Corey.
1: Hi, Rob. On episode 281, you had a caller that called in wanting to know about the speaker going out in their iPhone 4S. I had the same problem. Mine actually went completely out. I was able to get it repaired at a local repair shop. It wasn't through Apple, and it works just fine. And during research, it's pretty common, actually, for the iPhone 4S speaker to go out. Not sure why, but I hope this helps. Thanks.
0: Hi, Rob. Just a quick follow-up to my original email. I received my replacement iPhone from Verizon two days after I called them. I'm assuming it is a refurbished device, but that's okay. It's absolutely beautiful. A quick backup of my old phone to my iTunes account and then approximately 35 minutes to send all the data to the new replacement phone and everything works perfect. Having replaced three different phones when I was on the Android side, Several years ago, literally had me feeling anxious about doing it with my iPhone. However, it could not have gone smoother. Regards, Shannon H. in Fountain Hills. Well, Shannon, uh, thank you for the feedback. And for the other folks, thank you for your comments about the also having issues with the speakers. So it sounds like this isn't a single isolated incident, but others are also having some issues with their speakers with their iPhone 4Ss.
5: Hi, Rob. It's Ed out here in the suburb of uh, Chicago. Want to let you know that uh, I did use the Apple trade-in program. Uh, they gave me $204 for an iPhone 4S, and that was towards an iPhone 5. Uh, I just did that last week.
0: Uh,
5: I know on your most recent uh, show, Item 281, you were uh, strongly advising people not to get the iPhone 5 uh, and to wait for the new phone. Uh, but I would urge you to reconsider that just for a little bit, only for the fact that I was using uh, uh, this new phone uh, will be for my wife. And so I was considering what the phone will be used for. And in her case, it's to uh, keep in contact with our son in college, who has an iPhone 5, uh, so a lot of iMessage, some FaceTime. Uh, she also uses Facebook and phone calls and a couple games here and there. So that that really fits the bill for the new uh, or for the iPhone 5. She really doesn't need the new phone, whatever it is yet. Uh, I'm calling before September 10th. Uh, so uh, I know you advise people not to do it, but on the other hand, you know sometimes you got to consider what it's going to be used for. And in my wife's case, uh, the iPhone 5 is, is a good fit. And I thought uh, basically with the trading program, uh, she's upgrading from an iPhone 4S to an iPhone 5 at no cost, no out-of-pocket costs. Her contract was up. And so it seemed like the time to do it. So I just want to uh, put that in your, uh, uh, you know, your show for uh, consideration for other folks. It may come to be where, you know, one of the predictions was the iPhone uh, 5 may not even exist eventually. But uh, just want to let you know the thoughts on why I did it and keep up the good work. Really enjoy the show. And good luck. Bye now.
0: Well, Ed, thanks for that feedback. I guess, well, we'll talk more about the future of the iPhone 5 later in the episode. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob. The listener asking about hard drives in episode 281. He wants something like the Western Digital My Book Live. It runs from a LAN port in your router. All files can be seen on every PC, iOS device on that router via LAN or Wi-Fi. Also, all the files can be accessed remotely via cellular Wi-Fi from the iOS app. I have the three-terabyte version and I can stream movies, play mp3, view photos anywhere in the world on my iOS device, providing I have an internet connection. The advantage of the LAN setup for the hard drive is that it works independently from your PC so that the PC doesn't have to be turned on to access the hard drive compared to a USB hard drive. Brilliant piece of kit and highly recommended. Regards, View, Sheffield, England. Rue, thank you for that feedback. And again, he was talking about the Western Digital My Book Live. Hi, uh, Rob. I wanted your opinion. Maybe you could answer it in your next podcast or an email. Leo is not recommending people download the new iOS 7 with an iPhone 4 or 4S. He stated the processor may not be able to handle it. Do you think there is a problem with downloading it on an iPhone 4 or 4S? Regards, Steve. Hi, Steve. I've been running iOS 7 on an iPhone 4 since the second beta, and it works fine for me. Not sure what or why Leo was saying that, but then if you watched the Twit TV coverage of the iPhone event, uh, you probably realized rather quickly Leo's not quite up on the iPhone anymore. And what was the deal with having Scott Bourne on there? Talk about a worthless guest. Anyway, he brought nothing to the coverage. Uh, yes, let's bring on someone that admits he's to not using an iPhone anymore and is on Windows Phone to talk about the new iPhone. Nice. So not only is Leo out of touch with the iPhone, so is one of the two guests he brought on. Hey, no hate mail. I'm not dogging Leo here. Scott Bourne, yeah, I'm dogging him, but not Leo. It's just that Leo has moved to the Android, and his knowledge on the iOS is not what it once was. That all said, back to your question. Again, for my iPhone 4 with iOS 7 beta, it is working fine. The only people I am recommending not to upgrade are those that need to jailbreak. But from what I have heard and seen, any device that's officially supported for iOS 7 should work fine with iOS 7. Just make sure to do the upgrade steps I mentioned earlier in the show. Thanks to Elsie from the Elsie's Yoga Cooler podcast for the heads up on this next one, which is a story about Find My iPhone that very clearly shows the power of the Apple ecosystem. An iPhone user with a lot less common sense than most was at a store, and he quickly ran into said store. Back in the car was his five-year-old son, who was soon joined by a car thief that made off with the car and the five-year-old son in the back seat. Now, obviously, he will be hearing from his wife about this for, well, ever. The father, that is, not the thief. And we can joke about this because also in his car was his iPhone. When the father realized what had happened, he pulled out his iPad because, you know, he thought enough to take that out of the car with him. But the kid, yeah, who would want to steal the kid? Anyway... On his iPad, he pulled up Find My iPhone and found and tracked his iPhone while calling police. I'm assuming on someone else's phone. And letting them know real time where said car thief was with his car slash iPhone and son. 15 minutes later, police stopped the stolen vehicle and reunited the unharmed child to the now celibate father. So once again, the day is saved thanks to Find My iPhone and the Apple ecosystem. Prior to the September 10th event, lines started forming at the Apple Store in New York. Are these diehard fans? Not really. They're just marketers that know if you get in line early, crazy early, at the Apple Store in New York, you get your 15 minutes of fame. Even it means camping out for over 20,000 minutes to get that 15 minutes of fame. What they are hawking? Eh, Who cares? More about line waiting later in the episode. I want to thank today's sponsor, which is Audible. If you go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash T-I-I, you can get a free audiobook of your choosing. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 titles to choose from. That's 150,000. It doesn't matter what you're into. Audible has some audio goodness for your ears that you are going to like that matches your tastes. And if you go to the URL, audiblepodcast.com slash Tii, you can get a free audiobook download to keep, even if you cancel the service and pay nothing. This episode, I have some listener feedback recommendation. Hi, Rob. My Audible recommendation is The Destiny of the Doctor series commemorating 50 years of Doctor Who. Regards, Jim C. Well, thanks, Jim. Love my Doctor Who. And yes, Audible has tons of Doctor Who, as we mentioned on the last episode. More Doctor Who than they have Star Wars and Star Trek combined, and they have a lot of that. So yes, Audible is a place for any sci-fi geek, but then they also have history, and they have politics. They even have romance, and even some, what do you call, quasi-sensual stuff. You know, shades of Fifty Shades of Grey. But more importantly, they have Games of Thrones. So if you're into Games of Thrones and you're not quite up or maybe you are caught up and you just want to hear it played out a little bit better, Games of Thrones is another great recommendation that I would make. Again, if you would like a free audiobook, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII for your free audiobook download. Offer good to those just in the US and Canada. Thanks, Audible, for sponsoring the show. And folks, please, if you have any other audiobook recommendations from Audible that you would like, to have mentioned on the show, please send them in.
1: Hey Rob, this is Jody. It's been a while since I've called, but I just want to voice my displeasure and about Apple and I hope that they really come with it today during their presentation because I'm really seriously thinking about dropping my iPhone and maybe going to the Moto X period. That's my comment. I really hope Apple does it because I'm been an Apple fanboy for years, but I'm really disappointed in their lack of innovation. I think Apple now has become like IBM, and they're no longer innovating. The Android market is just blowing them away. So let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that Apple comes with it today. Tell you what, I'll call you back after the event. All right, thanks, Rob. Love the show.
0: Okay, Jody, we'll look for your feedback after the show best title I saw before the September 10th event was, quote, What hasn't leaked about the next iPhone is the only thing that matters, unquote. So really, what is that that we do not know about? What is it that was not leaked? It's the mystery. It's what's the unknown that is fun about all this. It really comes down to, what does Tim Cook say? The secret of
1: the fire.
0: So what did Tim Cook say? Well, first off, Apple's September event was held at Apple's headquarters in Cupertino. Tim Cook started by talking about the iTunes Festival event going on right now, which if you have Apple TV or an iOS device with the Apple Festival app, you can catch some of the nice music events going on. Tim said that the free tickets of the music events in London had over 20 million people requesting those tickets, and then he joked it was like the demand on launch weekend for one of their devices. Tim then said that next month, Apple will ship the 700 millionth iOS device. Basically, the first 15 to 20 minutes of the event was the normal recap of items, showing of a new store, and a bunch of other stuff, and then a rehash of iOS 7 that they went through rather quickly. Craig Frederiki went over that. He was the only guy with his shirt tucked in. Congrats to Craig for understanding some good fashion. The only thing of interest about iOS is when it will be available. That was, At least the only thing I thought he had mentioned that was interest, and that is September 18th. Sometime on the 18th, you should see iOS 7 available for download. This is for all the devices we previously said it would be available for. iPhone 4 and later, iPad 2 and later, iPad mini, and the iPod Touch 5th Gen. So if you have one of those devices... Come the 18th of September, you'll be able to, for free, upgrade to iOS 7. Tim came back and then talked about some of their premium apps, Keynote, iPhoto, iMovie, Pages, and Numbers, and that they will now all be free for all new iOS devices that are purchased uh, after September 1st, it looks like. So if you purchase any new iOS device anytime after September 1st, which is what I could tell from the website, You will be able to get those apps for free. More info on that in a future episode once we hash out a little bit more on the details. Tim then introduced the iPhone section, saying that the iPhone 5 was being replaced by two new designs. And they were killing off the iPhone 5. Then Phil Schiller took the stage. The iPhone 5C, as expected, was then announced with five colors. Also, as expected, blue, yellow, green, pink, and white. Phil joked about the iPhone 5C and some photos we might have seen on the web. Internally, it has a steel-reinforced cage, basically, on the inside that also serves as the antennas, so it should, in theory, get good reception or very good reception. It has a 4-inch screen and a 6 processor, the same camera as the iPhone 5, so really, the 5C is the iPhone 5, but in plastic, and it has more LTE bands than the iPhone 5, or as Apple said, quote, more LTE bands than any other smartphone in the world, unquote. Pricing for the 5C is $99 for the 16-gig version and $199 for the 32-gig version, Both of those are when you're on contract. They didn't give any off contract pricing in the event, but the $99 on contract pricing works out to $549 off contract pricing, which has then since been confirmed, and $649 off contract pricing for the 32 gig version. Again, that's now confirmed on Apple's website. So pricing for the 5C is. $549 549 and 649 off contract for 16 and 32 gigs respectively. Yeah. No one is going to be saying the C and 5C stands for cheap now. Costly maybe. Cheap, nope. Pre-ordering of the 5C will begin on September 13th. Delivery starts on the 20th. They also have these $29 cases with all these holes in them for the 5C. Don't get them unless you like dirt caught in the back of your cases. I have had a case sent to me in the past uh, that I didn't talk about on the show that had lots of holes. And it was not something I talked about because, you know, I don't like to say something if I have nothing nice to say. (laughs) Okay, maybe sometimes I do. But in the case of when people send me products to review, I, I try not to talk about the dogs. And I find it annoying with all the dirt and lint getting in there. So I would stay away from the iPhone 5C cases, if you get an iPhone 5C. Next up was the iPhone 5S, and it has three colors, gold, silver, and space gray, which really is black. It has an A7 chip, which is a 64-bit chip, the first 64-bit chip for a smartphone, any smartphone. iOS 7 supports both 64 and 32-bit apps, with a native 64-bit kernel and libraries and drivers. It's up to two times as fast as the A6 on the CPU side, not the 34% we heard rumored from Clayton Morris, and the graphics is also two times as fast as the iPhone 5 as well. And CPU performance is 40 times faster than the original iPhone, and I guess the iPhone 3G for that matter, since they were the same processor. On the graphics side, performance has increased 56 times since the original iPhone and 3G iPhone. They showed a demo of Infinity Blade 3, and that will be launched in the App Store when the iPhone 5S hits the market. Phil introed a new chip in the iPhone 5S, and that is the M7 chip. That's a motion chip, or as they call it, a motion coprocessor which continuously measures motion data from the accelerometer, gyroscope, and compass without having to wake up the A7 processor. On the battery front, 3G talk time has increased to 10 hours. That's up from 8 hours for the iPhone 5. That's a 25% increase. Next was the new camera. It has a 15% larger active sensor area versus the iPhone 5 and a larger or better f 2.2 aperture, I guess it's smaller, because it used to be 2.5, so now they're at an f2.2 aperture. And rather than try to get smaller pixels to get up the pixel count, they went with bigger pixels, which Apple says gets you a better picture. So this is still an eight megapixel camera. It's just that the pixels are bigger in the sensor. Pixels are 1.5 microns, which is bigger than the iPhone 5 and bigger than the competition's phones, which are typically about one micron. Lots of new behind the scene features on the camera, including taking multiple photos when you snap a photo and then choosing the best one for you. There is a new flash they are calling the True Tone flash. This is a dual LED flash that we kind of thought was coming. Uh, The dual LEDs uh, that the camera looks at, uh, it looks at the surrounding colors and it adjusts the flash to match that of the environment. So the pictures look like what you actually are seeing. Apple says this is the first time this has been done, not just on a phone, but on any camera. So essentially, you have the dual LEDs or different light, and then they mix the light between the two LEDs to try to mimic the natural surrounding light. They showed some examples, and let's just say Nokia can take that zombie commercial and retire it now. I have said before, one of the biggest weaknesses of the iPhone cameras has been the flash. Now Apple has made it one of its biggest strengths. Will be interesting to see how this works in the real world. Another feature with the camera is auto image stabilization for for the photos. So that should help out there with some blurry pictures. They added burst mode, which takes 10 photos in one second. So basically, it's 10 frames per second. They do a nice burst of a bunch of different pictures, and then it shows you which one it thinks is the best. This is nice, say, if you have kids in football or other sports, uh, especially in action mode. And as mentioned in the past, they have slow motion video now, 120 frames per second video at 720p. Forgot that rumor on the bingo card darn. Well, this looks really good and you can pick out what part of the video you want to be in slow-mo. So you just record your video normally and you can slow down one piece and then go back to normal speed and slow down another piece and go back to normal speed. Expect to see way, way too much overuse of this feature on YouTube videos coming in three, two, and you porn was never the same. The third big feature on the iPhone 5S is security, hence the S in the name. Apple found about half of us users do not set up a passcode on their device, and Apple said they, or I should say we, should set one up, as I am one of those, again, that does not protect my phone, except when I travel. As expected, they introduced a fingerprint sensor in the home button. Apple is calling it, quote, Touch ID, unquote. That's two words, touch, and then ID the second word. Is ID really a word? I guess it's an acronym. Anyway, setting it up is easy, and you can use multiple fingerprints, and you, I should say, multiple fingers and fingerprints from said finger, so you don't just have to use your thumb. You can use your forefinger. I guess you can use your pinky if you want. And you can hit it in 360 degrees, so if you have your device in landscape mode, it will read your fingerprint just as well as if you're in portrait mode, so no worrying about matching up your finger in a specific orientation. You can use your finger to unlock your device and also to do iTunes Store purchases. Per your biometric data, it's never available to other software, it's never uploaded to Apple servers or backed up to the cloud, quote-unquote, according to Apple now I'm not sure what Apple means by it's never available to other software do they mean software other than Apple software because they showed a person using their fingerprint to get and make a purchase on iTunes so it's at least making it available to iTunes but they say all the biometric data is stored inside the a7 chip and no one else has access to it outside of your device Per the scanner and how it works, they did say you don't actually press the home button to get your fingerprint scanned. You just place your finger on the home button to get it scanned. That's what that ring around uh, the home button is for. It senses when your finger's there. So kids, if you want to make an iTunes store purchase, wait until dad falls asleep on the couch watching football some weekend. Then gently place his finger on the home button and voila, you've just authorized a purchase. Per cutting off people's digits when you steal the iPhone? Well, you'll need to cut off all of them as you can use your finger or any finger you want to unlock it. So you're not going to know if they're using their pinky or their forefinger or their thumbs. So I guess if people are going to steal the iPhones, they're going to have to chop off both of the hands of someone to get access to it. Or you could just go and steal a Samsung device. Uh, Pricing for the iPhone 5S starts for the 16 gig at $199, 32 gigs $299, and 64 gig is $399. The same pricing for the storage breaks as for the iPhone 5. Available on September 20th. No pre-order for the 5S. Yes, that means Apple wants you waiting in line. Initially, it will be available in the U.S., Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, Singapore, and the U.K., so... All those countries get it on September 20th. In Japan, that does now include NTT Docomo, as we previously mentioned on the last show, was rumored. However, no China mobile. The iPhone 5C and 5S will be available in 100 countries and over 270 carriers by December 2013. The iPhone 4S stays in the lineup. It will be the free offering for an on-contract phone, that is, the 4S is now an 8GB version because, you know, it saves Apple so much money going from 16 gig to 8GB. Anyway, the off-contract pricing on that will be $449. And that's the cheapest iPhone in the lineup, which is exactly the same price as the cheapest iPhone in the lineup yesterday. Apple also introduced a new case for the iPhone 5S, which is a nice leather case. Multiple colors. It'll cost you $39.00. It looks much nicer than the $29 cases for the 5C. The colors for the 5S case are brown, beige, black, yellow, blue, and red. Apple has put up some specs on their site to help us out when comparing models. On the cellular and wireless side, the 5C and the 5S are identical. Same 3G and 4G specs, same Wi-Fi specs. They also both have the same screen, which is the same that was on the iPhone 5. The iSight camera for the 5S is where you get separation between the 5S and the 5C. The 5C basically has the same camera as the iPhone 5, whereas the 5S has all the new bells and whistles we previously mentioned. On the video recording side, the 5S has the slow-mo video recording. It has the improved True Tone flash that you can use, and it has what Apple is calling improved video stabilization which was not mentioned in the event. Another thing that was not mentioned in the presentation, 3x zoom on video recording. Finally, some video zoom. The FaceTime camera is the same in the 5S and the 5C, which is the same from the iPhone 5, so no change there on the front-facing camera. Okay, so now that we know many of the specs and what was announced, how did we do on the bingo card? Well, not nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. Only one bingo. The ones that were on the card, the 5S, the A7 processor for the 5S, the 5S the same size as the 5. Yes, the 5S and the 5 are exactly the same size and dimensions, so cases that worked on the 5 will work on the 5S. And the 5C was announced, for that's the one bingo. You go from the upper left to the lower right. Other ones on the sheet that we had, the dual LED flash for the 5S, new iPhones available on September 20th, multicolor iPhone 5Cs, improved low-light photos for the 5S, improved LTE, golden graphite 5Ss, well, they're calling graphite silver, but it's, that's what we meant, and the fingerprint scanner for the 5S. That means there were a bunch that did not happen. One interesting one, the iPhone 4, 4S, and 5 killed off. That was a prediction, and it did not happen. That one, we had rumors of the 4 and the 4S being killed off, and then all three being killed off, but no rumors about the 4S staying active and the 4 and the 5 being killed only. There was, of course, no 128-gig version mentioned, not yet at least. No new Apple TV, no NFC, which surprised a bunch of people. Leo Laporte was not happy. The iWatch was not announced. Talk time was only 10 hours for 3G, not the 12 hours being rumored. The 5C is costing significantly more than the $400 off-contract price. matter of fact, I was hoping for $350. Um, At $549, we're looking at basically $200 more than what people were really hoping for. The rear camera was not a 12 megapixel camera on the 5S. Wi-Fi 802.11ac was not included, and that's what I get for changing my mind on that one. Should have stayed with my original gut decision on that one, which uh, was not to include it on the sheet. China Mobile was not announced, and there was no talk about 4K video recording or playback. Oh well, I knew that was going to be a long shot at best on those last ones. The only one uh, left unanswered is the amount of RAM. I'm guessing it will be 2 gig of RAM since the A7 is a 64 gig chip. Uh, we shall see when iFixit gets a hold of it and opens one up on the 20th. Okay, now let's get into your feedback about the Apple event and what was launched.
1: Hey Rob, this is Joe Giggin. I promised, I would call uh, right after the Apple event. And I am really, really disappointed. Um, my solution for Apple is that Tim Cook needs to go. There was This is like not even an innovative step for Apple. I mean, I guess for, for tech geeks, you know, new processors and things like that. You know, those are cool. But as far as, you know, functionality, the things that it does, the Android, is just killing. And I hate Android. You know, I am an Apple fan, and I've been an Apple fan since the '80s. So, I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm really in tears now, almost, because this has been, this is sad. You know, I mean, Steve is gone, and it looks like Apple is gone too. So, um, my solution: let's get Tim Cook out of there. And I do predict uh, within uh, the next few months he will be gone, because I do predict, predict. That the sales for the uh, new iPhone will be dismal, and then this iPhone 5c. I mean, it has colors. Okay, that's what the case is for. Okay, I mean, what's the big deal? All right, so I, I don't know, and and maybe Apple is just failing, and maybe they're trying to look at the China market, and maybe they'll make their money there. But as far as the U.S. goes, no innovation, no technology, no nothing, and it's just sad. Hey, sadly enough, I might have to go with the Android, you know.
0: All right. Hey, thanks, Rob. Love the show. Jody, I don't like to talk unfavorably about listeners calling into the show, but simply put, that is crazy talk. Saying you want Tim Cook out of Apple just completely relegates your argument to the level of a caller to Coast to Coast talking about alien abductions and Illuminati conspiracies. Apple's the biggest tech company in the world. They make the lion's shares of profits from the smartphones and even a bigger share of profits from the tablet market. The most important thing for Apple is their supply chain. And no executive in the world has a better understanding of supply chain dynamics than Tim Cook. Yet Tim has to go. Tim will go. Why? Because they did not build a phone with a bigger screen? A bigger screen is not, repeat, not innovation. It is easier to build a device with a bigger screen. And if you want what you're looking at to be bigger, hold it closer to your face. When you look in the U.S. for the past six months at the carriers with subsidies, what you find is well over 50% of smartphone sales went to iPhones at 3.5 inches and 4 inches. Seems many, if not most, are happy using their other hand for anything other than holding their smartphone. The facts say something a lot different than what you suggest. And again, calling for Tim Cook's head? Well, to put it nicely, that's simply crazy talk, man. Let's go into the email bag. Hi, Rob. You mentioned on previous shows that the rumor mills spoil any surprises and leaves us feeling unimpressed. I see your point and have tried to look at the September 10th event and the iPhone 5S release with fairness. There is a very significant S update. The iPhone, in many ways, and impressed on many levels, especially with the camera flash upgrade. Apple is still the clear leader in innovation, no doubt about it. But I was truly hoping for a real NFC digital wallet solution that some rumor sites were suggestion, or suggesting. That is one frontier that I hope Apple conquers first, along with the TV and wearables. Although I'm now off-contract and able to upgrade, I'll be staying with my iPhone 4S until hopefully a newly designed iPhone 6 with a slightly bigger screen and a digital wallet solution is released in 12 months. For some reason, I'm not in love with the iPhone 5 5S hardware design per what I will be getting from today's event, iOS 7. Regards, Paul from Bend, Oregon. Paul, thanks for your feedback. Next episode, I'm going to get into a detailed comparison between the iPhone 4S... 5, 5S, and see what the difference is and where does it make sense to upgrade and when should you upgrade. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. As expected, the crowd of people who scoured the web for info on new iPhones over the last year, leaving no stern unturned, are now disappointed that there was no surprises. Same thing happened to me when I snooped and found the wrapped Christmas presents in my mom's closet at six years old. The people saying that this isn't a big enough upgrade from the 5 should remember who the phone is marketed to. The iPhone customers whose contract are up for renewal, the iPhone 4S owners, have themselves a very nice upgrade. Regards, Scott O., Merritt Island, Florida. Scott, well put. This upgrade is not for iPhone 5 owners. It's for iPhone 4S and any iPhone 4 or 3GS owners out there. Hey, Rob, just wanted to let you know there is no pre-order for the 5S. I know you sent a push out that kind of said that. Regards, Ken. I, Ken, and others that pointed that out. Sorry about that. I tried to follow up as quickly with another push as I could that there will be no pre-orders for the 5S. Part of the issue of following someone else's live blog is sometimes they get things wrong, and I sent it without fact-checking on another site. Hi Rob, I'm a little disappointed by today's announcement. Maybe it's because I only saw the live blogs and not the actual presentation. But there wasn't much to get excited about. The 5C is basically the same as the iPhone 5 that I have, but with a plastic back and a slightly better battery. The best part of the 5C is that you can get it in 32GB instead of just a 16GB, so there's a reason to choose it over the 5S if you don't care about the faster speed and the better camera or the fingerprint sensor. The 5S is an incremental improvement, but nothing that really stands out. I do like the better camera and flash, but I'm not sure what to think about the fingerprint sensor. One thing that really jumps out at me is all the cases that will need to be redesigned to even work with the iPhone. It will be difficult to design a waterproof case that will activate the fingerprint sensor, so no more a life proof case. Maybe it'll work uh, since it is a capacitive sensor but I think it will take some redesigns. Even the different shape of the flash means that many cases that fit the 5 won't fit the 5S, to say nothing about the 5C. I'm apparently not the only one who thinks that way. Apple stock took an initial nosedive, but has recovered a little since then. Regards, Myron U. Hi, Rob. Now I see why no live event. Watch some streaming Ustream coverage and now site restored. Watched the 5S video. Some nice new features, the A7, the M7, the Touch ID explained, no NFC, Siri can do more, no more iPhone 5, pricing seems fine, but we pay more in Europe, about half as much again on top. No sneak peeks, no one more thing, no pro pricing, no iPad mini news, guess all that's coming for the October event. Overall seems the 5C is the one they wanted to promote, and the 5S is a stepping stone to the iPhone 6. I rate it 2 stars out of 5. Not much of a wow. Regards, Chris in London. Here up. I have a question. I got the iPhone 5 last year on the release date and signed a 2-year contract with AT&T. Will I be able to get the iPhone 5S this year with a new 2-year contract at the discounted rate on the release date? Let me know. P.S. This is what uh, AT&T sent me when I called star 639 pound. Quote, you are eligible for an upgrade with a partial discount off of the full rate price today. You may be eligible for an upgrade on 9-15-2014 or AT&T Next, which lets you upgrade to a new device every year on 9-15-2014. Regards, Matt. Hi, Matt. If you want the full discounted price of $199, $299, $399, then you need to wait until 9-15-2014. Right now, you might get a little bit of a discount, but not much, maybe $200 off. So pricing is likely going to be $449, $549, and $649 for you. Folks, if you're on AT&T and you want to check your status, call on your phone, star 639 pound, and you will get back a text showing when you can upgrade with the full discount, which for me was back in June. So I am eligible for the discounted price for the iPhone 5S. Hi, Rob. I was really hoping they would at least come out with a 128 gig version, but it seems what they came out with was an incremental and not really worth upgrading. Regards, David V. Sent from my iPhone 4S. Hi, Rob. I love my Apple products. I couldn't go back for the cheaper stuff even if I wanted to. With that said, I find myself being envious of the things the cheap Androids can do and, of course, their screen size. I often have to debate with friends and tell them why I think the iPhone is better. Sometimes I feel like Jehovah Witness trying to convince atheists why my way is better. Meanwhile, looking at the awesome things they get to do in in envy. Why isn't our screen bigger yet? I know that sounds like a broken record. I know that's what all the Android fans will point out when putting down the iPhone. However I am a hardcore Apple fan. I listen to podcasts about iPhones so you know it's true. I was truly hoping that this would be the year for a larger iPhone. The 5S looks nice. Love the fingerprint idea, but I just feel we are getting ignored as consumers. They know we want the larger screen. I have seen online that they are filling uh, patents for larger screens, so why wait till now? Uh, A larger iPhone with iOS 7 would have been a galaxy killer. I am excited for iOS 7. Regards, Rob S. in Herburn, Kentucky or hebron kentucky again if you don't send in voicemail messages i'm gonna mess up the town you're from a larger screen is very overrated you want a bigger screen hold it closer at least again in the us as mentioned in the last four to six months at carriers where phones are subsidized the iphone outsold all android phones combined and clearly kicked the galaxy line's butt so yeah people keep talking about that i mean one of the features i love people talking about on the galaxy line. The S3 is that they have the swipe feature. Yeah, that's nice. They have the swipe feature because you need to have some way of managing the Galaxy phone when it's laying down because you need two hands to operate it, and sometimes you only have one. Hi, Rob. I really was hoping the 5C would be cheaper off-contract. Will the price point be low enough to help sell phones in emerging markets, China, etc.? That being said, it looks to be a solid offering. The 5S looks great as well. I like the camera update on this as well, but no 1080p slow-mo? Hmm. We'll be getting this next April when my contract is up. Regards, Dan. Hi, Dan. I'm guessing there may be a third and cheaper iPhone in the works for Brick Nations, because the 5C is definitely not the answer for the Brick Nations with regards to addressing the mid-tier price points, which at 549 it does not. Actually, the 8 gig 4S at 449 is still too high for the Brick Nation's mid-tier price market. So maybe when, if Apple announces a deal with China Mobile, they will introduce a lower-cost version of the iPhone. But absolutely nothing changed with regards to addressing the Brick Nation's with the September 10th announcements. What was true on September 9th is true on September 11th when it comes to what Apple has to offer the Brick Nation's. Nothing has changed. Hi, Rob. What strikes me most after checking out the 5C and the 5S models is how, when stepping back and considering the evolution of the iPhone line along with smartphones, the 4S still feels like the device that, for its time in relation to the rest of the market upon its release, was the most impactful the iPhone 5 and 5C and 5S have felt like a combination of incremental improvements, refinements, and bug fixes to the software and hardware, whereas the 4s really had an air of real breakthrough in specs compared to their peers. While not underwhelmed by today's new model, per se, I can't say that these new phones give me that immediate impression of wow, either. This could just be the new reality since there's so many leaks and it's impossible to keep any secrets under wraps. Then again, maybe Apple knows just how good the 4 was since they're still keeping uh, the 4S in manufacturing and they killed off the 5 instead. Kind of odd considering that one would figure that they would prefer to have it and get rid of the 30-pen connector device. So much for the 5C being a budget phone. I don't know about others, but I'm sure not moved to drop $550 or $650 for a plastic case device with cartoonish colors when the 4S will still be available and probably a pretty good price and more appropriately business-oriented than the coloring scheme of the 5Cs. The trade-off in specs isn't that drastic either. If you're talking about a difference of $200 or $300 for an off-contract 4S compared to a 5C, you don't want to commit to for two years. All in all, today just felt like a weird iPhone day. Regards, Chris. Hi Rob, I just watched the video of the September 10th event and I'm anxious to get my hands on the new gold 64 gig model. I thought the improvements were mediocre like you predicted, but I'm due for an iPhone. No mention of new iPads or Apple TV. Anxious to listen to your review later. Regards, Lori B. Well, Laurie, I hope that this review is good and the feedback's good. Hey Rob, I was wondering what the new iPhone fingerprint scanner means for most of the case makers out there. Like Life Proof, for example, do you think that this will hurt their sales? Regards, Bud VK. Yep. Hey, Rob, I finally saw the keynote and I'm buying two 64 gig Slate iPhone 5s. I've been ready for my upgrade since May and I was waiting for this moment. I wonder how difficult they will be to order. Will the system work this time, especially with so many countries rolling out at once? Also, 9.20 is my birthday. Regards, Kevin K. in Mitochin, New Jersey. Hi, Kevin, and all. Per the pre-order, thanks to Thomas for checking from last year. The pre-orders were available basically at 12.01 a.m. Pacific time, or a couple minutes thereafter. So expect that to be the case again this year. If you plan on pre-ordering the 5C or ordering the 5S... They likely will be available at 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time on the 13th and the 20th, respectively. Hi, Rob. Why do you think Apple is not having a pre-order option for the 5S? Regards, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. I think everyone's going to say, plain and simple, it looks like they're trying to get you into an Apple store and get you to wait online. That's smart if that's the reason on their part. As I mentioned a few times recently, I was hoping Apple would release this on the 13th with no pre-order so people would have to wait in line again. Last year, Apple got slammed for the lines being short, and the lines were short for one key reason. Apple made it way too easy to pre-order online. The negative reporting about the short lines at the Apple stores was basically the start of the Apple stock decline. Well, that and that one crazy investor. If you look back, you'll see the peak of Apple stock was right about launch day last year or the Monday after. And then the negative press just started steamrolling, saying Apple had lost their mojo. This year, there will be lines plenty at every Apple store and lots of opportunity for local press to send out trucks and camera crews to the Apple stores to cover the launch. That is a lot of local and national press covering the iPhone launch with lots of long lines. That is what Apple needs right now, a nice perception boost. I know for sure I'll be one of those in line waiting for my new iPhone 5S. Now to figure out if I want gold, silver, or whatever they're calling the black version. Hi, Rob. It's David here from York in the UK. With all eyes on the new iPhones, have you seen that Apple are back selling docks again? Not before time. Of course, the iPhone 5S dock is compatible with the old 5s but I think they've missed a trick with the 5C dock being in white. It's a shame they haven't offered the dock in colors to match the phones. The new 5S case looks like it's going to be great
6: quality too, and thankfully fits the old 5s, of course. Love the podcast.
0: Cheers. David, thank you for the feedback. Matter of fact, everyone, thank you for the feedback. And for those that are looking to watch the video of the 5C, 5S announcements, look for the link in the show notes for episode 282 at todayinios.com look for the one titled Apple Events.
4: Hi Rob, this is Doug from the Woodlands, Texas with a review of the Calculator Spreadsheet app, also called CalcSheet, one word. I was lucky enough to win this app in a promo drawing from episode 277. Many thanks Rob for offering this great service. I have found CalcSheet to be a remarkably functional calculator, powerful with lots of functions. It even offers live but delayed stock and currency quotes. That plus the incredible power of also being linked directly to a spreadsheet is a terrific addition to an iOS device. And you can save and share spreadsheets that you and others develop, including access to Dropbox. A very nice feature. CalcSheet also includes a tutorial and on-screen help pop-ups for every key. This is really helpful as you get started using the app. I have found CalcSheet to work very well on both the iPad and the iPhone, although the extra real estate on the iPad makes it particularly useful when you're doing spreadsheet work. In closing, I would strongly recommend CalcSheet, and the linkage to a spreadsheet is a real step out in my judgment. The developer offers both paid and free light versions. By way of disclaimer, let me say I have no relationship to the developer, but do think he has produced a five-star app. Thanks again, Rob, for a great podcast and for the app promotions.
0: Doug, thanks for the review and, of course, the link in the show notes to that app. Folks, I want to send a quick request out to the listeners that have an iPhone 5 and that you've upgraded that from an earlier iPhone. What, if any, adapters have you purchased and found that you use the most? Did you get the USB to Lightning or the micro USB to Lightning adapter or some other adapters? Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206, Moondog. Or send an email to today in iOS at gmail.com. Most new buyers of the 5S are not going to have previously owned a Lightning device. So let them us know what adapters you have found that were worth the money and which ones you never used. Hi, Rob. I have an iPhone 5 and want to know if there's an app that will change its notification behavior based on my location. By that, I mean to have notifications be more subtle when I'm at work and return to regular tones whenever I'm at home. Currently, I simply use the on-off mute button. If you or your audience has a solution, it would be great. Regards, Carnavale Vinci, Toronto, Canada. Well, I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out to listeners. If anyone has any suggestions, give us a call. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com.
3: Hello, Rob. This is Fred in Raleigh. I've been listening to your show for years, and I've heard you mention Cydia hundreds of times, and yet I've never heard you spell the word. If you think about it, Cydia could be spelled with an S or a C, a I or Y, etc., at least a dozen ways. So it's just a thought that every now and then you might want to mention how you spell Cydia for somebody who's new. I realize I could figure this out in about 10 or 15 seconds with Google, but I also observe that you have never mentioned, as far as I know, whether it's an application like iTunes or a website like Apple. So it would be interesting to hear a little tutorial on Cydia. What is it? Who's behind it? How did it get started? How do people figure out what they can do there that they can't do through iTunes? And are they the only people in the world who've ever figured out how to download stuff to an iPhone other than going through the iTunes store? Thanks, Rob. Bye. Hi, Fred. First up, Cydia is spelled C-Y-D-I-A.
0: And really the best way to explain what Cydia is, is it's a app store for jailbroken apps. It's where you go to find different apps and get them installed on your jailbroken device. It's basically a directory of the jailbroken apps with links and the ability to get them downloaded on your device. And it is its own app and it gets installed on your device when you do the jailbreak. To better explain how to use it and everything else, one of the things I always do when I do my jailbreak tutorials is I actually have one part of the jailbreak tutorial at the end showing you how to use Cydia and an example of installing an app from Cydia. So the best thing I would suggest is go to todayinios.com and up at the top look for the jailbreak tutorials and look for the most recent jailbreak and then go to the bottom and you will see a lot of information there about Cydia, how it looks, and what you need to do to get an app installed on your jailbroken device. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I have an ongoing feud with a good friend who has a Samsung Galaxy S3. I am a diehard Apple fan, and all of my products are Apple. After listening to her complaining about my tiny screen, I decided to do some research. As far as I can see, the Galaxy outshines the iPhone in every way except the drop test. You are the expert. Say it isn't so. Regards, Shawna W. Hi, Shawna. Have them look at the features for the 5S, specifically the camera, which offers a much better option than the S4 and now fingerprint scanning. Your friend will likely mention the big screen and the hands-free swipe gesture. Well, guess what? The hands-free swipe gestures are only needed because the darn thing is too big to work with one hand. So if you have one hand occupied, they realized you need a way to set that down the S4 and swipe over it. With the iPhone, you don't need swipe above gestures. You can actually just use it with one hand to do everything. Look, most of what Android fanboys and girls call innovation is nothing more than a bigger screen and gimmicks. And a bigger screen is not, repeat, not innovation. Getting a camera flash that senses the surroundings and then adjusts color of the flash to match or adding a fingerprint scanner at the home button, that is innovation. What Apple adds to the iPhones are features people want and use. Not that they need because of other issues with the phone, but they're just features that people need, period. A lot of the stuff you're going to see on the Android side is feature creep and gimmicks and just feature padding. What you see on the iPhone side are real-world use case scenario features. Apple is about practicality, and what most people use their smartphones for are pictures and apps and apple in that regards has all the other smartphones beaten with the iphone 5s
6: hey rob this is kona from honolulu hawaii love your show calling in regards to the person who wants to get information about service in hawaii if he's talking about the honolulu area the island of oahu i can give you a rundown a one minute rundown on the carriers over here We have the basic carriers, Verizon, T-Mobile, Sprint, and AT&T. It all depends on the area he'll be living in. I don't know if he's moving here or not. The LTE on Sprint is not active, so you can cross Sprint out. I'm on T-Mobile, and T-Mobile has good penetration on the island of Oahu. Uh, Also been in the wireless business for 25 years, and the person with the best footprint would be AT&T. Verizon, which is the most expensive, Sprint, which is no LTE. AT&T is the second most expensive, and T-Mobile, which uh, they got the most bang for your buck, also uh, use LTE on t-mobile and also hotspot sharing so um, they have a pretty good pretty good coverage and gsm but if you want the best footprint, i would go with at&t which is also LTE. i could say thanks for what you're doing out there rob and love your show aloha
0: kona thanks for the great feedback and, folks, before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206, Moondog. Or record your feedback and email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment per something someone said on this episode. It can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on an iOS device. Just throw some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. If you want to know when a new episode goes up or when there's breaking news, look at the TII app. Not just the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get pushed messages when a new episode goes live or there's other iOS breaking information or a new event. There's going to be one coming up in October. Just $2.99 in the App Store. It helps you get the most out of the show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to get email or call the show with your feedback. Again, search for TII in the iTunes App Store. Finally, thanks again to our sponsor today, which is Audible, for supporting the show. Please help us out and support Audible by going to audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII for your free audiobook download. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash TII to get your free audiobook download. And folks, that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host Rob from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different.